This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, really glad you've joined us. I want to spend some time for the rest of today talking with you, checking in about how you're feeling and how you're navigating this moment in the pandemic. When I think back to last July, we were all bearing witness, and some of us were even participating in, protests and marches that were demanding an end to systemic and historic racism and police brutality. So much of that momentum has carried through to today. And yet, as vaccines have rolled out and COVID-19 is no longer this massive public health threat, some semblance of normalcy has begun to creep back in. And yet, nothing feels quite the same as it did before. It really just can't. Restaurants have reopened. People are getting together for concerts, community gatherings, and festivals. But I still see so many people who are trapped in the depths of the anxiety and the trauma that we all have experienced together in the last year and a half. There are those awkward silences that once seemed so easy to fill with acquaintances that now just hang there in the air. There's the slight anxiety that you feel walking into a store or an office for the first time, reminding yourself that if you're fully vaccinated, yeah, you actually are safe. But it never really quite feels that way. Maybe you're meeting up with friends and family members that you haven't seen since last March and realizing that so much has changed since then and struggling to even know where to start rebuilding relationships. So how do we care for ourselves through this really strange time? And how can we start to once again embrace the sweetness of life while still making room to mourn everything and everyone we lost over the past year and to give thought to those issues that really came to the fore during the pandemic? I want to hear from you about how you're feeling and also how you're coping right now. We're past the worst parts of the pandemic, but now we're in this really odd transition that I think feels really uncomfortable for a lot of us. I also want to welcome someone to this conversation who has been writing and thinking a lot about this notion of finding comfort in this moment and what that word means through the lenses of mental health and modern life. Matt Haig is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Midnight Library, and the memoir, Reasons to Stay Alive, along with several other novels and children's books. His newest book, though, is The Comfort Book, which just came out on July 1. Matt Haig, welcome to Detroit Today. It's very lovely to be here, Stephen, and thank you for having me. So this book is a really unique work in that it's a collection of notes and short stories and reminders that you wrote to your future self. So let's start there. When did you write? When did you start writing these little notes to yourself? And um, what was the goal? Yeah, well, I, it wasn't necessarily. I didn't start with notes to my future self. But when when I was younger, I mean, I mean, I'm 46 now, so getting into middle age territory. When I was younger, in my 20s and early 30s, well. I had a, uh, a few mental health issues. I had a breakdown at the age of 24, and I um, 
I won't give you the whole backstory, but I, I went through a period of suicidal depression and panic disorder. And I had quite a slow meandering recovery, which was very up and down mm. uh, for a while. And writing was actually kind of a therapeutic activity um, for me. Uh, at the very early stages, I was very bad at talking about my mental health or verbalizing it um, uh, clearly to anybody. And my girlfriend at the time, who became my wife, and she she told me to sort of, she suggested started if I started writing down things, it might um, help her understand what I was feeling and it also might help me. And I, I did, I just started to write down what I was feeling initially before I started writing notes um, to my future self. And just the act of actually writing down what I was feeling was a kind of comfort because it was like externalizing something that had been very internal. I mean, in my experience of mental illness, a lot of what I was experiencing was totally invisible to the outside world. Uh, you wouldn't even know from my behavior or my manner or demeanor that there was anything going on. Uh, but inside, you know, there was all kinds of stuff I was finding um, very difficult to live through. Mm. And externalizing that in itself, the act of writing, um, was was therapeutic. It was comforting. And then, um, yeah, I, I played with that over the years. And then, you know, as, as my writing career started, I was mainly writing fiction, but I'd still occasionally go into a sort of Word document and write something, write a little note um, to my future self or even to my past self to, to, to remind myself of how far I've come in the journey. And... Um, but to be honest, it wouldn't have been without 2020, without the pandemic year mm. on, on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, I, I'm based in um, the UK, but, you know, March 2020 um, was the month I, I decided to sort of formulate this into some kind of order and write the book I most wanted to read in that moment. So that's when the comfort book um, was born. And I, I definitely think if it hadn't been for the, the that sort of sudden era we, we were thrust into, I, I don't think I would have had the idea or motivation to actually put it into a book. Mm. So I, I want to I want to read uh, one of the notes that that's in the book, but but before I do, I just want to note that just hearing you talk about the process of this coming together uh, is is really poignant for me because um, there's so much in this book that seems so pointed at the last year and the things that we've experienced and the things that we've learned, and so it's really interesting to hear that this was taking shape well before all of the, the, the craziness of the pandemic uh, and, and the other things. And, and so I want to read uh, from one of the notes that I think really speaks to, to this moment. It's called The Gaps of Life. And it says, uh, if you take objects out of a room one by one, two things will happen. The first is obvious. You'll miss some of the things you have taken away. The second is that you will notice the things that remain more than ever. Your attention will focus. You'll be more likely to read the books that are left on the shelves. You'll appreciate the remaining chairs more. And if there's a chessboard, you're more likely to play chess. When things are taken from us, the stuff that remains has more value. It rises not only in visibility, but also intensity. What we lose in breadth, we gain in depth. I mean, I can't think of a, a tighter or more focused synopsis of the things that I think a lot of us have come to reckon with 
over this last really painful 15, 16 months? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that paragraph um, was definitely directly um, related to um, 2020 and how I was feeling. And, um, you know, I, I was someone, you know, in those early stages of the pandemic, um, I lost a couple of relatives uh, to the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, older relatives. Um, I was very worried about my uh, mother who had recently had open heart surgery and she was in a very vulnerable um, state. And it was all, all you know, like, like everyone, you know, there were older relatives to worry about. There were, you know, various things going on. And also that sudden feeling of a loss of control, like we were suddenly having to radically change our life you know to, to, to just to imagine a situation back in 2019 which would have involved um all the restaurants closing or all the cinemas closing or whatever it was would have just you know these were all things we were taking for granted so it, it was kind of a, an adjustment but within that adjustment and i am speaking from a position of privilege here because i'm someone who's work was based at home it didn't affect my income and mm -hmm. you know the, the transition that other people had wasn't the same with me but still i found it hard that sudden you know lack of control lack of being able to do things that psychological thing but also i i started to appreciate it was a, it was an interesting experiment in a way of, of working out what i actually miss versus what i used to do which I don't miss so much. So there were definitely things I missed. And there were also things that I was doing before in 2019, which not so good. You know, I, I live in England and I, I don't live in London. So often I had to commute into London to do some pointless meeting that I could have done on Zoom and be in a crowded train station, which used to sort of give me panic attacks and then go go, go um, through the city crowds. And uh, sometimes, you know, that would have been easier just to stay at home and do a Zoom call. So it was definitely a mixed bag. But I, I definitely feel that often in modern life, we are so overcrowded. We're mm. so overloaded with stuff. But very often... Um, the solution isn't about necessarily doing a new regimen or um, doing a new type of yoga or a new training. Often it's about actually taking away some of what's there and sort of stripping back to a kind of acoustic, unplugged version of ourselves and mm. actually, you know, finding ourselves again amid the um, clutter and debris of modern life, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Matt Haig, who is author of the new text, The Comfort Book, which just came out on July 1st. Uh, it's a collection of notes and short stories and reminders uh, about how to kind of cope with the transition, I think, that we're all trying to find our way through right now as the pandemic kind of winds down and normal life creeps back in. But uh, nothing seems quite exactly the way it was before all of this happened. Uh, we want to hear from you about what you're doing to try to find comfort in this moment and to navigate it. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Mark in Pontiac. Mark, what's on your mind? Um, hi, Stephen. Hi, Mr. Uh, Haig. Is that right? Uh-huh. That is right. Okay. Um, a, a few weeks ago, uh, you are talking about uh, post-traumatic uh, stress and uh, COVID or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, 
um, on March 27th was the one-year anniversary of my brother dying from it, and uh, I, I took that uh, really hard. I, I couldn't eat. I was really depressed. I lost over 10 pounds in April, and uh, anyway, I'm wow. getting over it now. The depression's over. Well, not, not totally. I have diabetes, and I'm bipolar, and I haven't been taking my medicine as regularly as I should, and... Um, Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but um, Mark, it's okay. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I, lots of people are having a really hard time with this moment, and losing your brother—that's a—that's a huge, huge loss, and and something that I think would affect any of us in in ways that we might not might not predict or or feel comfortable with. Mark, I I do hope that uh, that you take your medication regularly, though, and I think your doctor would would say the same thing. I mean, that's that's going to help. But but I do appreciate the call, and and I hope that you're able to find some sort of solace uh, to, to to go forward. Uh, Matt, hey, you know, uh, on this program, we we kind of regularly check in with listeners about how they're doing. Uh, you know, Mark's story is pretty typical of what people are, are are dealing with. I mean, I, I would imagine you're hearing from many people in the same position after this book. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, throughout, throughout this year, I've noticed a, a definite, um, definite uptick in the amount of people who are experiencing um, all kinds of issues, you know, whether it's relating to grief or PTSD or um, just the shift in in lifestyle or financial uncertainty so i think as well as this uh physical epidemic we've been facing you know as we often say we're also facing a mental health crisis i mean in america and in europe we were facing a mental health crisis before all this um and now it's obviously been exacerbated so it it needs to move towards the forefront of the conversation you know in terms of um how we're talking and treating um, mental health issues, which, you know, will, uh, are just part of the fabric of life in 2021, unfortunately. So we, we, we definitely need to shine more of a light on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, I appreciate the call uh, and yep. you're sharing your story. Let's go to Liz in Garden City quickly. Liz, I've only got about a minute and a half left. but uh, I'll make ahead. it quick. <laughs> um, hi, this really resonates with me. I had, uh, I've had a lot of issues in the last 10 years. I lost four family members in a year, got diagnosed with cancer. So I've been kind of through the mill. Um, What I have learned, and it it helped me with the pandemic, is to simplify, um, you know, my relationship, tear everything down, uh, journal, uh, feel what I feel, just move through it. That's important instead of trying to avoid it. And getting in touch with nature. I raise butterflies now. And I find that just so helpful. It's soothing. I feel like I'm giving back. And I, I see that cycle, their cycle of life. Um, wow. And uh, it, it's really helpful. So that's what's been helping me. Wow. Liz, I yeah. really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Matt Haig, uh, again, we've got about a minute left. but uh, Yeah, my, my, da- my daughter's recently had um, butterflies as well. She's, she's, she's um, turning caterpillars into butterflies and, you know, watching them grow. And, wow. and yeah, there's something really uh, relaxing and therapeutic about um, that whole process. Yeah. Getting into- okay. Matt Haig, uh, author of 
the Comfort Book. It was really great to have you with us here on Detroit Today, and congratulations on the publication of your book. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thank you. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when I'm going to talk with writer Adam Serwer, who's the author of a new book called The Cruelty is the Point, The Past, Present, and Future of Trump's America. Really great and provocative themes in that book. I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.